everybody welcome back to the multiverse movie podcast i'm your host dean holtzaffel with me as always is my co-host george rogers uh the resident chewbacca of this podcast i could say uh and and making his triumphant return to the multiverse movie podcast is everybody's lovable gold droid uh chris 3po hey what's going on guys i i really had a hard time recognizing chris it's probably due to his right arm yeah Thank you guys for having me back on station 007. It means a lot. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Welcome back to another exciting episode of Big Geek Energy. We're here for Gold Rush. Oh, well, Gold Rush actually came back. Yeah, it's Gold <laughs> For now, until April. Triumph of Return of Gold Rush. Until <laughs> April. <laughs> but um, we, uh, we are here to celebrate my fucking birthday, everybody. So if you got a problem Ugh. with it, see yourself out. Just go. <laughs> no, go. Do the planet core. Anyway, uh, so we're doing uh, we're continuing the, we're continuing the tradition. Um, you know, one of the last two Star Wars movies we're going to do on my tra- birthday. What a shitty tradition! Hey, man, I love it Star is, Wars. At least I it mean, is. At least it is now. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's getting there. But we, the good thing is we're not going to the shittiest because we're not doing Rise of Skywalker on my birthday in two years. That's no, we'll literally do it on my birthday in two years. <laughs> oh God, why would you waste your birthday on that? I I would rather review two hours of Static. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna review white noise instead. Yeah, not the, li- not the movie, no. just white noise. Literal <laughs> white sound. noise. Yep. Fine with that. We're gonna but, listen uh, to a white noise machine for two hours. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's literally gonna be the podcast. We're not even gonna talk. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we're here to kick off the much maligned, often hated, divisive sequel trilogy. Uh, we're kicking it off with the movie that's probably the most generally liked out of out of the three, but um, we'll get to that next year when I defend the shit out of the Last Jedi. But uh, Chris has his hand up like a like a uh, like a school student, so let's it's, it's, let's. It's uh, not it's not my show, so I can't interrupt. <laughs> yeah. Christopher, do you have a question? Yeah, why do you think this is the most divisive trilogy ever? Wish I had a spitball right now. Hit Chris in the back of the head. <laughs> um. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. I, I don't I don't think the prequels are as, di- are as divisive as everybody acts like they are. I, I think there's people that genuinely hate those movies, but I think mm-hmm. they've aged well in, you know, the years that it's going on. I mean, aged well in terms of like the fandom, maybe some of the technology hasn't aged too well, mm-hmm. especially in episode one and two. But I think a lot of people look back at those movies now pretty fondly. Um, yeah. I mean, I've always loved them and I love them even more now, especially because the sequels are a mess good bad mm-hmm. or indifferent it was just at least at the barest and minimums of the prequels there was a coherent story yeah um, yeah so chris when you say like divisive trilogy do you mean like the most divisive of the star wars trilogies yes, or yes, the most divisive of, movie trilogies i mean i i mean i would ask george do you have another both. trilogy do you have a trilogy in mind that you think is more divisive than this um i don't know if more divisive but it's on par it's the 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 newest Halloween trilogy that was just completed, uh, Halloween twenty eighteen, yeah. Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, because much yeah. like much like the sequel trilogy, it's pretty much universally that the first movie is the more well liked of the three. Mm-hmm. The second movie is kind of maligned by diehards, but there are people that love it because oh mm-hmm. the kills, and then uh, it's pretty much universally hated that Halloween Ends was. The, the absolute worst thing that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good analogy. It would have made more sense if that Corey Cunningham guy just put on a hockey mask and changed the name to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I would say that the sequel trilogy is probably the most divisive trilogy in movie history, at least off the top of my head. I'm sure if yeah. I sat up in my, you know, sat up in my room and really thought about it, I, I, I mean, ter- the, Terminator be, fr- the, the Terminator that'll franchise be your homework, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator franchise is pretty divisive. I mean, it's it's a literal shit show after the second movie. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, Chris, I wanted to have you on one because it's my birthday and I do what I want on my show. Um, but mainly because the three of us, I believe, have three different opinions on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to kind of have three varying opinions uh, where Chris, I Chris loves this movie. Yeah, I enjoy this movie to an 
for what it is. And George is kind of like, this kind of sucks. And this is kind of okay at the same time. Yeah. Like parts <laughs> of it, I'm like, parts of it, I'm like, okay. And then there's other parts where I'm like, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's still okay, but with a different inflection in my voice when I say it. Where yeah, I go, so where it, I go from okay to okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and I, I, I get like that at times too. Like, like I was telling Christopher, you joined in before we hit record, George, that I had, I wasn't going to watch it today um, because I do know this movie pretty well, even though I have not watched it obviously as much as the first six films that were released. Um, but it's like, there's nothing incredible that happens in it to where you'd be like, Oh, I forgot about that. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, but I was just like, you know, what else am I doing besides just fucking with my new iPhone? So I'm just putting it on in the background. I caught up on some comic book reading and, you know, um, so uh, speaking of which I was reading, I just finished up the DC horror presents Dr. Uh, Sergeant rock versus the army of dead, which is Sergeant rock versus a bunch of zombie uh, Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great because Sergeant rock called Hitler fuckface in it. And I got a good laugh out of it. It was written by Bruce Campbell, by the way. Of course um, it was. <laughs> I didn't need, I didn't need to be told that. Yeah. And it was great. It was great. I, I got a good laugh. So that's great. But let's, let's get into the crux of yeah. the discussion. Um, nothing really else to talk about um, in terms of anything, really. I mean, it's pretty slow. I'm mean, nothing I really even want to bring up. Let's just talk about the movie tonight. Um, if you were expecting other things, everybody, well, eat my A. Um, I don't know uh, what else they were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, some sometimes there's some news, and I just didn't care enough to prep for the show. Let's just talk a, about the movie. A new terrible Ninja Turtles trailer, but that's... Oh. What about the, too- the rumors that my overlord was telling us about Kathleen Kennedy? Stop talking you know what? right That's now. That's it. We're Kick him mute. out. He's muted. <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, you're like Tony Reale. You got the mute button. We're going to take two points off of Chris. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. So, all right. Um, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. I'm going to ask the all important question. Mm-hmm. When did you see this movie? Opening night, man. And yeah. it's crazy. And I've told this story, I think probably on Big Geek Energy when we used to, you know, back when we did started it. I was my then girlfriend, now wife. We had only been dating for a few months at the time. And she is, was a massive Star Wars fan. At this time, I could care less if Star Wars existed or never existed. I just, again, like I said before, I grew up watching Star Trek because my dad loved Star Trek. Um, so when Force Awakens was being promoted, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll try to get into this. The last movie, the last Star Wars movie that I had seen was I went, which one um, had Darth Maul on it? Uh, the Phantom Menace. Menace. Phantom Menace. That was the last Star Wars movie I saw. I saw it in theaters when it yeah, came out. And because I remember, I remember, I think it was McDonald's had all the Star Wars toys at the time. So I remember mm-hmm. getting them at, then with uh, a buddy of mine who's no longer my buddy, but um ah yeah, it's funny because you're busy dancing dance songs great it's it's funny i can't it, believe it, you're wearing red and not it's foam green it's funny it's funny george because it is it is that it is that person that i was referring to um you can probably name drop him yeah i'll guarantee it is a lesson <laughs> um so then um no free press when i remember when i that's right <laughs> when i when i saw this movie we went and seen us opening night mm. um we saw it at um uh we saw it at oh marvel uh, actually amc8 right uh, okay. right near me Ooh. because at the time i don't think the regal remodel was done yet i i wasn't living up here so i couldn't tell you George, oh, yeah, do sorry. you know do you know the, who it was the one in morristown <clears throat> yeah. yeah i don't think that was complete yet was it uh i can't say for certain because I think also around that time I was living in Marlton. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me just to go to the eight, <clears throat> but I can't, I, I, maybe I was living in Mount Laurel, but if I didn't go past the mall, um, well, this was 2015. Really you should have been in Mount, Mount, Mount Laurel. Yeah. So. I think well, no, no, were you, no, were no, you? no, no, I was in Mount Laurel in 2015. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it did George, because we saw, you know, a year later with Logan, we went to the AMCA in Marlton, Mar- uh, mm-hmm. and we saw BVS in Cherry Hill. So maybe right. the remodel wasn't done yet because I would assume we probably would have been going to Same. the 
the regal. It, yeah, it might have been because I think I vaguely remember. I I think when Amy and I saw Winter Soldier in theaters, I believe that was the theater that we went to. Okay. Yeah. But that was that don't don't oh, hold that me to that. I, that was yeah. That was a long time ago. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it is crazy because <clears throat> all. Yeah, I'm sry but all I can remember mm. to keep it the long story short. Mm. I literally started tearing up at the opening scroll. Like that's how, and like I chills. Right. And like when I, and then man, at the end of that movie, I was like, Oh my God, like I love this. I, and I, I want to go watch all the star Wars stuff and mm. give it the, the respect that it deserves in terms of my time. And yeah, this movie, and I've said this before, this movie made me fall in love with star Wars. Mm. Um, you know, and George, I'll, I'll get to you in just a second. Um, I, I will, I will say, I think the two greatest moments, errors, uh, in Star Wars history, um, outside of obviously the release of the original yeah. 1977 film, was the lead up to the Phantom Menace and the lead up to this film. Oh, the yeah. hype for both of those movies were incredible. Yeah. So I was living in North Carolina when this movie came out, and I saw that the Millstone 14 in uh hope mills north carolina still my favorite movie theater I, i have ever been to it was just it was a nice 14 theater it was it was like pretty new it it kind of felt glamorous you know what i mean it was just it had like that uh like an old school vibe to it uh like you know like that old hollywood feel to it it, it, it was a really nice theater and um i remember it was like the monday before it came out i saw it over, I, i i typically go to all the movies on a thursday mm-hmm. thursday thursday night i like to go first thing to see it and i think i was so it was christmas time and we so we were having half days where we were in the army and stuff like that because there's no work to be done so we would go in do some pt leave it like lunch um so i drove home changed and i went up there because there's a really good barbecue place by it and there was a used vintage video game store <clears throat> excuse me right next to the theater so i was like oh, i'll make a day out of this so i picked up my ticket <clears throat> this was a tuesday and i went back thursday which is crazy that i was able to walk up to the box office i think you could walk up to a box office and buy a movie ticket physical ticket still and i wonder if i still have that somewhere and then i, I thought it was sold out nope <laughs> it definitely wasn't so i i went and saw it and i saw it three nights in a row i saw it thursday night friday night, and saturday night because when i first saw it i thought it was incredible this movie this movie jumped into like it was like third on my list like it had pushed out right uh like return of the jedi um because return of the jedi and new hope they kind of fluctuate between that that number two and three spot mm-hmm. um but every and now you know i'm sure i've mentioned it many times i saw it three nights in a row and i liked it less each time and then i bought it on blu-ray and i liked it a little bit less and it's kind of just been a decent movie since then but i can't deny the fact that when i first saw this movie i thought it was phenomenal mm-hmm. i thought it was better than the prequels i thought it was better than one third of the original trilogy and i bought into all that nostalgia and everything that disney wanted you to buy in i bought into it at first viewing um and i have a lot of nostalgia for this movie i have a lot of you know just that feeling that swelling of we're getting a new star wars movie mm-hmm. it, it's it's a good feeling i look back on it fondly you know what i mean Um, and I never had any vitriol towards this movie that I had for The Last Jedi for a while, um, and especially The Rise of Skywalker. I may have one point when I kind of like watched it more, I might have said like it was the worst Star Wars movie because at the time when I said that leading into The Last Jedi, I actually I believed it at that point because we only had six other movies, and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't any better than Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. you know, at that point. And I still stand by that statement, I think Attack of the Clones and The Force Awakens are pretty on par with each other. Um, So, so George, my question to you, <clears throat> where did you see this film? I either saw this at the Marlton eight or I saw this at the Regal in Morristown. Oh, Burlington. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll have to no. go find my ticket. because I know I have the ticket stubs. The last, the last movie I saw in theaters of the Burlington Regal was Django Unchained. <laughs> what is 2010, right? 2012 i believe is when that okay. was uh, right. what an what an uncomfortable experience that was but we'll I talk about that, that at another time <laughs> yeah being the only white man in a theater where the n-word is being thrown around casually yeah. i was like no yeah, I'm, i'm just here for the tarantino I don't... i'm i'm sure it's awkward yeah um, um 
but no, I, you saw this before I did, Dean. Mm. Uh, I went that Friday. You mm. went that Thursday. So I told you, uh, obviously, not to spoil it because mm. I was invested. It was the first Star Wars movie that I was going to see in theaters since I saw um, Revenge of the Sith, mm. which I see, I got to see those three movies in theaters. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. And I was, I was invested. And I remember the trailer uh, going that I think it was like the end of the teaser when they showed Han and Chewbacca. And mm. Hannah is just like we're home. Like it just it, it hit. It hit all yeah. the it hit all the right notes. Every trailer that came out for this movie was fucking incredible. I yeah. can't even deny it. The first one when you know you got Snoke is talking, like have you felt it? There's been an awakening, and you get all the classic J.J. Abrams cutscenes. But then when lens flare, <laughs> but then when you, you know, Kylo Ren's walking through the snow and he pulls out the saber, oh, you're like, yeah. you're like oh. And then the 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 falcon blows through the screen and the music the fanfare hits and i got i got chills to think about it right now yeah like the 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 tra- and that one george the 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 we're home trailer you were just talking about yeah. i mean just every trailer hit the mark for this movie and it's just i can't can't deny it you can't deny yeah. whatever your feelings are about the movie you can't deny the hype for nope. this movie was absolutely oh. insane man jj hey. is just such a visionary i'm gonna punch you what in the, the fucking fuck? scrotum <laughs> not not the testicles just the scrotum just the scrotum <laughs> i'm gonna pull it down i'm gonna punch my fist so, so it imprints <laughs> old stretch oh. nuts defrancisco <laughs> the um stretch nuts <laughs> chris but, is crying the, the, the only crying. issue like i have is like going into the movie and you know just we try to you, you try to avoid spoilers um mm-hmm. now yeah. now i know to just not go anywhere on any page any comment thread because the the big thing with the end of the movie was spoiled for me in a comment thread that was not even about star wars oh mm. that's awful yeah, so I've made it my mission to do that ex- that exact same thing on, on Threads too. Yeah, my did. day had to be ruined. Everybody's has to be. Ruined. Oh, I remember we were. I, I was. You were at working at Marlton Staples still, and I. I was there. I think I was. We were gonna get. I think we were. This is when we were still, kind of going to the Marlton Diner. I think. I think this is like the tail end when we kind of gave up on that place. Yeah. But I was in Marlton for some reason and I was in there and you had wrote Luke Skywalker dies. Is that the last Jedi came out <laughs> on that pad of paper in the one of the aisles? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But we also had when Infinity War came out, we had a big like setup on the front that had the, that had the Avengers on. They had uh, Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, and it had Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I took a post-it next to Spider-Man's head and wrote, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the weekend Infinity War came out. So magnificent. Can I ask you guys the question that I wanted to ask? Yes. Is yes, it how big Jesus dick is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, chat me up here a second, Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, a lot of the, the complaints that I've always read about this movie is that it is basically a modernized remake of New Hope. Mm-hmm. Can yes. you guys, I've never understood it because I'm not as in-depth and knowledgeable of the Star Wars lore to kind mm-hmm. of understand what that means. Can you guys or one of you or both maybe break it down for maybe those listening and myself as to ha- wh- how is it almost a direct remake of a new hope well for me um basically i mean the movie starts off i mean effectively this is this is basically the movie right so you have a ship being chased after by a star destroyer which would be finn and poe trying to escape they crash land on a desert planet which then they discover you know a loner or orphan girl, whatever. A force-sensitive orphan. Force-sensitive kid on a desert planet. Which, granted, I, you know, I know the argument is too. Well, the Phantom Menace is very similar to the, to a New Hope as well. They, they, mm-hmm. they, you know. But the understanding is that the Phantom Menace was purposely done for to that to me, kind of mirror Luke's journey because, well, that's Luke's father. 
So th- it was done to mirror their journeys because their father and son, whereas Luke would ascend to the Jedi hero and Anakin would descend, uh, descend into a Sith Lord. Um, okay. I think this was done purposely to play it safe, personally. Okay. Um, but, you know, and then you have the old mentor type, which is Han Solo to the Ben Kenobi who dies. And then, you know, at basically, I mean, it's vague, you know, Ray <clears throat> becomes is force sensitive. She, you know, she, you know, beats Kylo Ren's. I mean, obviously that's not in a new hope, but it's effectively a new hope um, at times. Okay. Um, like I, I understand. I mean, I, I believe it. I mean, I do feel like I'm just watching a, there are times when I watch this movie, I feel like I'm watching a fan film remake of a new hope. And like, they, they were able to get the rights to some of the characters names, but then they were like, well, Disney wouldn't let us use the empire. So we'll call it the first order. You know what I mean? So it just seems it's too similar for me to like suspend disbelief, but uh, I've said it a million times. I know I've said it to both of you. The force awakens as much as I love the prequels, the force awakens is the movie that star Wars needed in 2015 makes total Um, sense because if it would have came out and been a very risky george lucas movie um i don't think the fans would have gooed over it as much as they did for this (laughs) this is not necessarily the movie that the fans wanted but it wasn't the movies that the fans didn't want you know what i mean so it was it was ripe with nostalgia and member berries that's when the whole member berries thing was real popular mm-hmm. because movies were doing it you had jurassic world kind of doing it um and, and a couple others so um it's i mean effectively jurassic world and the force awakens they did the exact same thing they were basically mm. just soft requels to the first movie in the franchise I see. Um, okay they just they follow the same plot formula. points mm-hmm. and formula than that that first movie that started everything so okay. not necessarily a bad thing but mm-hmm. um but then on the inverse when you get to the middle movie and that is a risky bold uh very different direction than what people thought you were going to go in people complained about it and then of course correct in the last movie and the last movie is a shitstorm in both of those trilogies because they just got worse than Jurassic World trilogy too <laughs> so yeah. but let me um, read these stats real fast, so, and we'll continue talking. Well, I was right. going to okay, talk go ahead, about George. like um, the similarities with the New Hope, Chris. For me, it's the it's the droid who Ooh, has a MacGuffin mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the that the First Order mm-hmm. slash Empire is looking to find mm-hmm. because, you know, as opposed to the plans for the Death Star, it's wanna, it, it's that. the map it's the map to Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You have the giant planet-sized space station which can destroy planets mm-hmm. all they did was just turn it up to 10 on this one instead of joint destroying one planet at a time they could destroy five mm-hmm. okay. the, which breaks all laws of science yes you were able to see that blast <laughs> yeah we'll get into that though by all um mm-hmm. you have your bar scene which Unlike uh, like with most Eisley and a new hope you have i don't even know what the fuck this place is called it was tokadana Tokadana and in the in, in the Force Awakens. So there's a lot of you know the you know the resistance leading the air raid against mm-hmm. the the giant planet sized space station. Like there's too many similarities to where I'm just like, I've seen all of this before. I see. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why like when yeah. I go back and watch it, I'm like, I saw a better version of this like mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the TIE Fighters, well, X Wings, all that stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just it's just and then at, at halfway through the movie or two thirds of the way through the movie, we're right back to the status quo where, mm-hmm. you know, the for, the the first order has destroyed a planet or planets like the Empire did. So, oh, so but there was a but there was a tracker that led them to their current base. Mm-hmm. So, not so, not this ship, sister. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Well, here's, here's the thing. In A New Hope, they did bug them. That's how they were able to track them to the thing. They let us go. That's yeah. the whole thing. Not, Lay was not, right. not, not this ship, sister. <laughs> what I'm going to do is now we got eight minutes before this thing cuts off. I'm going to read the stats real fast and then we'll come back after the break and continue talking. So, okay. uh, because we have been talking for like 30 minutes and I haven't read anything. Go ahead, so, sorry. No, it's, no it's, it's perfectly fine. Perfectly. It's a good conversation. Uh, so, The Force Awakens, obviously, episode seven released uh, December. It's Hollywood premiere was December 14, 2015. It's, it's 
U.S. premiere everywhere December 18th, 2015. This budget is fucking incredible. 306 to $533 million. It's, it is the, it is the, it is the, uh, what's the word? The most expensive movie recorded to date because obviously there are movies that are reshot and they don't record that. Like Justice League is actually like rumored to be like $600 million, Jesus. you know, um, a Justice League and, and, same with Rise of Skywalker, the, the rumored budget for that, because there was so much filmed and so much recut and re-edited and reshot, that was also like $600 million too. So, um, But it's box off. I mean, it's one of the most, it's, it's still to this day, the highest grossing domestic movie ever. We mean domestic, we mean the United States. Yeah. It's $2.071 billion, $2. billion. That is in, fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, directed by J.J. Abrams, uh, unfortunately, but he did an all right job. Written by Lawrence Kazin, J.J. Abrams, and a writing credit to Michael Arndt. He wrote the skeletal of the... Mm. He took basically what George Lucas had wrote and kind of made a thing, and they were like, let's change some stuff. He really didn't have a... He didn't really do much for this actual movie itself. Music by the great John Williams, of course, produced by Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. Starring Harrison Ford, I guess Mark Hamill. Uh, Carrie <laughs> Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lapita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, Dom Holgleason, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Max von Sydow, and a um, cameo by Daniel Craig. Yes, uh, and a couple other people too. Let's let's uh, Gwendolyn Christie also. Um, you know Simon uh, Pegg. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Simon Pegg. Um, and there was somebody else I thought. Oh yes, yeah, not Wesley. Your your boy George. Yo, fuck that uh, guy. <laughs> fuck him. Uh, actually, I, ha- I have to I have to, to preface, though. Peter Mayhew played Chewbacca for the uh, Millennium Falcon roles um, when they were sitting in the cockpit because he had been suffering through a lot of like back and hip and knee issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, Junus Suetamo uh, is the one is the other guy. And Ian White was the stunt double for that. Uh, Junus went on to play him or Jonas, however it's pronounced, in The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker and Solo. So. But uh, hey, we'll be right back, everybody. Uh, bye. God damn it, we're back. Here we are. So we're uh, Happy birthday, just, Dean. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. It's three days late, but I appreciate it. You're six, four, day, four days late, whatever. Yeah, I told you on your birthday. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So did, so did Chris do text message. So, mm-hmm. but uh, so I just read the stats off, and I guess let's talk a little bit about the actual movie well, itself yeah. you know i mean there's, the first part of this this podcast was a great conversation we should probably talk a little bit about the actual mm-hmm. film yeah. so so george you're the you're the plot guy oh no you want me to do it um, I'm, all right i'm, I'm the crawl lo- started and then the credits started That's I'm, the end. I'm loaded with plot armor <laughs> go ahead i'm well protected all right so we are 30 years after the events of <clears throat> the return of the jedi not like you'd notice anything even happen because there's yet another fucking power in charge it's not the empire it's the first order Mm -hmm. they rose from the ashes of the empire how Eh. no one knows and eight years later we still have no no idea how that no one knows no one cared to ask we just bought it hook line sinker sure why the fuck not this is going to be a lot of me being really just fuck this movie. Oh so, <laughs> there's just certain things that I'm like, eh, I, I, I can't. But we're introduced to some new characters that we haven't mm-hmm. seen before. Hence, no. Sorry, I am extremely tired. They worked my ass like a dog today. So <laughs> okay. please bear with me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're introduced to Poe, who is a... Uh, He's a hot shot pilot. He's got a whose mouth is just as fast as his trigger as his trigger finger. Poe uh, probably has the most personality of any of the new, with the exception of maybe Kylo Ren. Uh, has probably the most personality of any of the characters, any of the new characters that have been introduced. He has more personality than any uh, the, 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 than anybody on the protagonist side. Uh, Finn. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the comedy that was written for Poe in all three movies, not just yeah. this one, 
is some of the worst comedy I've oh. ever, oh, ever, ever seen good. in a movie. Like, None of it's goes, good. Like when he goes in, in the beginning here, when he goes and he visits Max von Sydow, who somehow mm-hmm. was roped into this movie. Um, <laughs> this, this man's an acclaimed actor, 80 years in the business. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Abrams is like, hey, do you want to be in my bad movie? And yeah, don't, like, oh. don't make him sound like George Lucas. I didn't. I, I went more nasally than I do with George Lucas. <laughs> now, George, you're the creative Mara Jade. <laughs> you <Get> out. out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't know it was going to turn this way. But when he goes and he visits Max von Sydow and, uh, and he, he's got the map to Luke, he's got the MacGuffin to Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And then Poe gets it and puts in BBA. Oh, I'll be safer with you. That was a thing. Sure. And then, yeah, go ahead. So I was, I was just thinking about this when I watched this today because I hadn't paid attention to the crawl in a while. Again, it's the crawl. You know what's going to happen in the movie. Luke Skywalker is missing. You just, you just, you just listen to the fanfare. You know. So at one point in the crawl, they say like Leia has sent her best pilot to meet with an old ally. Why wasn't this old ally Lando or Wedge? I wasn't this old ally, somebody that we have seen before. <laughs> exactly. And you didn't have to kill. And like, it really should have been Lando. And you don't have to kill him. You could have him be captured. And that's one of the people they end up saving at the end of the movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, you know, Chief Justice. Uh, what's his face from Judge Dredd? Yeah. You know? um, so <laughs> Father Marin from The Exorcist. It just, to me, I just thought to myself, I was just like, you know, if you wanted to do fanfare right that's fanfare you do right. You don't create mm-hmm. a new character and be like, well, this guy is an old ally to Leia. Well, where'd he come from? That's a question for another time, Masconada. So, um, <laughs> which we get plenty of that in this movie. Um, and I, I thought about that today. I was just like, I'm going to bring that up. Like this, it should have been Lando. That would have been perfect if Lando was just chilling in a small town, like retired, but he just happened to have this piece mm-hmm. of this map. And it would have just been that simple yeah, and to I mean, be like, Kylo, 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 your old dog. What are you doing here? And then Ben, you know, what are you doing? You old snake. They could the, look how the, you've grown. The, the dialogue could have been exactly the same through the whole thing, except for all, instead of him killing him, Kylo just been like, take him on my, or take him to uh, take him on my ship or something like that. You know what I mean? And then he, you don't see, you don't see Lando, uh, you know, until later on in the movie. You know, that, that's it could have been that easy that easy that fan service goes a long way i mean it could have been it, it could have been anybody it could have been uh like mon mothma could have been mm. it could have been her it could have been anybody who would have been part of that initial rebel resistance who has now since retired and no longer part of it like yeah. we know it wouldn't be admiral mm-hmm. akbar because he's still in the service mm-hmm. yeah because you can't keep a good admiral down mm-hmm. uh, at least in this movie you can't um could have been Namnub. That would be even better. Bad, bad, bad. Like could have been, could have been Porkins. Could have been somehow. No, it couldn't. It somehow, could not Porkins returned. <laughs> could have been Biggs. Hey, Biggs had the best X-wing helmet out of them all. Who are you telling? <clears throat> could have mm-hmm. been Dak. Hey, probably ready to suck some Dak. Not only did he get blown up, he got stomped on by an ATAT. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, he did not. He did not but, live. To, he did not live to tell the tale. I actually don't like this part of the movie. It feels very sound stagey, if you know what if you if you catch my drift. It doesn't it feels unfinished. You know what I mean? It feels like they're like this is what I mean, but it feels like I'm watching like a fan film. Like it's a high quality, high production fan film, but it's like, but I feel like I'm watching an unfinished yeah. part of the movie. It just feels like, like they're on a sound stage. Yeah. It, it just feels like they're not, yeah. I don't feel immersed into Jakku at this point of the movie. It feels fake. But like when he pulls in, like, like, like when Kylo Ren, uh, like has Poe brought to him, mm-hmm. they start talking and then Poe's just like, all right, who talks first? You talk first. Why I talk first? I was like, I immediately don't give a shit. I hated that seven and a quarter years ago, and I still hate it. Um, it's, it's just a bad joke. It's a bad joke. Yeah. And the funny ben thing is, is, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. Go ahead, Dean. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, episode seven and eight both start with bad jokes from Poe Dameron, because episode eight has the your mama joke in it. Oh, it's like no, Chris mama. every time. What I was going to say is, which is a great opening sequence, that battle mm-hmm. sequence in the last Jedi, but it's ruined by a fucking prank call. 
Like, yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I, I might be in the minority here, but that's not a pun for what I'm about to say. But I am, uh, I am not a fan of any time Finn is on the screen. I'm just not. I don't like anything about his role in any of the movies. The I, I think he weakens everything when. Like when they I, show them, like and they and they do like that, you know, when like the stormtroopers are coming down and they mm-hmm. do like that close up on what would be a random fucking stormtrooper, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, and we're supposed to bleed them, you know, this is his first battle. We don't know that until later when he says it, and you know, and somebody got killed and he wipes the blood on his helmet because mm-hmm. we need to sell toys. Yeah, and then it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, and then like they're sitting there, like you know, execute the villagers. And he's just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, like, what am I supposed to feel for this stormtrooper who just doesn't want to do, yeah. like what he's told? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I? Um, why do I give a shit? Chris, I I agree with you to an extent about that. Okay. I listen. I like Finn in the Last Jedi because he actually does something in that movie. He doesn't just run around yelling Ray for an entire film like he does here and in the Rise yeah. of Skywalker. And I blame that on acting. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I blame them on writing. I blame right, that. Yeah, I blame them on J.J. Abrams and and to an extent Lawrence Kasdan because uh, that's all he does for both the J.J. Abrams movies is just run around going Ray, Ray. Like at least whether you like the Canto Bite stuff or not in the Last Jedi, at least his character is doing something in that movie mm-hmm. opposed to just yelling Ray every scene he's on. In mm-hmm. it's that's so I I agree. I think his I think he. I think the ide- ideology of a rogue stormtrooper uh, joining the rebellion resistance, you know, something like that, I think is pretty cool. Um, it happened a lot in the old EU. Um, and I think that would have been really cool if they um, uh, uh, expanded upon that. Like maybe he should have been the actual Jedi the, of the, the trilogy, Yeah, but he was just a wasted character. That's why I, I never, I never understand why anybody goes, I love these characters so much. Finn doesn't fucking do anything for two thirds of this trilogy. I mean, he nope. barely does really anything in the Last Jedi. I mean, we'll get right. to that in a year when we talk yeah. about that because I, even though I like the Last Jedi a lot now, I still have problems with that movie. Um, mm. So I, I totally agree with you on on the Finn aspect. He just brings yeah. nothing to the film except for the introduction to the legendary uh, traitor stormtrooper. Right, right. Yeah. That mm-hmm. guy, that guy took that guy took over Memden for like six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so the and then we're also and we're also introduced to the character who before this movie came out was built up to be this new badass character this character is going to be just as badass as boba fett and car plot i'm gonna punch went, you in the screen and it <laughs> went over like a fart in church and i'm mm-hmm. talking about captain phasma they built up captain phasma like she was gonna be the oh, yeah. biggest baddest bitch mm-hmm. in the entire galaxy mm-hmm. and she did nothing in this movie and, and i'll say it again the same thing i said about finn i blame that on writing yeah because again good bad or indifferent with the last jedi she still did something in the last jedi then just walk down a hallway stand behind kylo ren and then get thrown into a trash compactor yeah. Again, it, this goes down to the inability of J.J. Abrams being able to write a coherent story. It's every one of his movies. And and again, and, I, and that was one of the characters I was let down with. I was like, yo, you, I mean, I never at that point, I'd never watched Game of Thrones, but I know people would say that Brianna Tarth was a pretty cool character. You know, Amy has like eight pops of them. I sold her one one time. That's an inside joke, Chris. Um uh, I'll, I'll explain it to you later. Okay. Um, I don't want to take too much air. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just don't want to take up too much air. Um, yeah. And she did nothing. And I was like, yeah, she, armor's cool, cool cape, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, she looked badass in the, in the trailer. You know, she's walking down the hallway. And she's like, and it, it's crazy. You go back and watch that trailer and you're like, oh, she looks so badass. But that's literally the scene where they just yank her into the thing, go, hey, disable the, the, the shield. It's just a waste she's of like, a character oh, okay. in this movie. It's just, I, George, I agree with you on that too. Both good points by both of you. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we're also also on Jakku mm-hmm. uh, on this desert planet. There's just a lot. There's a lot of fucking desert planets in the Star Wars universe. Can we just mm-hmm. fucking agree to that real quick? I feel like there's a desert planet like every yeah. it, every two many. movies. There's a new yeah, desert there's, planet. There's too many. Yeah. So 
on this desert planet, we are introduced to Orphan Ray. We are following this girl. We do not know why, but we're following her story. <clears throat> it's not like she has a lineage that we know about, and then we'll find out in two movies and get really disappointed. But I digress. We're not talking about that as of right now, but we're following her. She uh, obviously takes scraps from fallen um, star cruisers and sells them to a junker who just looks at them with his fat hands and goes one quarter portion. Umkar plot. What a, a, another just JJ Abrams was so happy at the fact that he was like, yeah, we use practical effects in this movie to realize that the practical effects you use for shit. Like who gave a shit about Umkar plot? Yeah. Honestly, I would have rather um, have had CGI job of the hut. I think, I think some of the practical effects in the movie looked really good. Uh, I think, I think Nima Outpost on Jakku, I think looks incredible. Um, they took it right from the Ralph McQuarrie um, uh, sketch art for um, Moss Eisley uh, for A New Hope. So I think it looks incredible. Um, but I, I hate the character of Uncar Plutt. He's just a dumb character that, that, mm-hmm. that serves, I guess it serves a purpose, but he's just so annoying. I get he's supposed to, you're not supposed to like Uncar Plutt, but you could have made him a little less like I I I'm I hate you like like I, you know I, I you know so but I um I do like this portion of the movie when she you know is in the star destroyer and you know she hops on her speeder which I think looks great uh, and she's going across the mm-hmm. you know the, the the dunes of of Jakku and you get the star destroyer in the background that's an incredible shot. I, yep. I absolutely love I love that shot in the trailer when we had it. The music is, is great. Um, that is one of my favorite parts of the entire sequel trilogy. Yeah. It's just a great part. I feel like this part here, this is stuff that was probably done by Lawrence Kasdan in the script. Probably. I think there's clear parts to me. If I really sat down and analyzed the movie, you could probably tell where one was J- where JJ Abrams was like, yeah, this is a good idea. And then Lawrence Kasdan was like, yeah, I think this is a good idea. Cause they both sound really nasally. Um, and I think this part here on Jack Koo is probably a right, lot right. of Lawrence Kasdan. Cause this is a really good part of the movie uh, for mm-hmm. me. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So um, Finn ends up back on Jakku because uh, that's where him and Poe went to when they escaped. Poe, uh, I don't know, disappears for 45 minutes of the movie before he shows back up later. And well, he was supposed to die. That's why nah, well, they, they were they wrote they, him back into the movie. Nah, they should have frozen in carbonite. Is that because that worked? <laughs> because that worked for the character that's basically based around. Yeah. Um, the so uh, the first order is tracking them because that's they found a plan. So they were they found the. Um, I guess the signal from the TIE fighter on Jakku said the First Order launched an attack. Um, then BB-8 is hanging out with Ray because, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, she saves she saves BB-8 from being scrapped by from somebody. She gives them a name and then we never see them again. Um, like Tillamook. I don't know. I'm making up a name. <laughs> but it didn't matter because we never saw that character again anyway. So it, wasn't, mm-hmm. it, it didn't serve a purpose. And they're like, oh, we need to escape. We need to get into a ship. Well, we need a pilot. I'm a pilot. Sure. Why not? You've been an orphan on this planet your entire life. Why shouldn't I believe that you can fly a starship at any time and go anywhere? Why not? Mm-hmm. Have no have no reason to think otherwise. No, I, I agree with that as well, because uh, I remember when I saw that scene in the trailer. Uh, listen, the, the, the TIE fighter ex- escape on Jakku is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's kind of makes me mad that it's Ray. Mm. She's flying the Millennium Falcon better than we've ever seen Han Solo yep. fly it in all of Star Wars. That pisses me he, off. And he's supposed to be the best pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. So that pisses me off. It's an incredible scene. It's awesome. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the best chases in, in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and it has nothing to do with Ray being. I'm not a misogynistic person because I, it's because it's Ray. But I don't like the fact that this person we've just been introduced to, we have no backstory, nothing, is flying Han Solo's ship better than we've ever seen Han Solo fly this ship in the entire franchise. 
that is my issue with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It makes, yeah, I agree. And, and even more, what pissed me off even more from that is the fact that somewhere in between the uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, Han Solo loses that ship. That, like, the only person he ever should have lost that ship to was Lando, because it was mm-hmm. Lando's ship first. That's the only person. Like, not this, like, oh, someone stole it from him, and then that person stole it from this person, and then they stole it from that person. It's just like, are, are you out of your minds? This is the fucking Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and it's just sitting in junk, and they just happen upon it because it's the only ship that wasn't blown up in an attack. I I feel it's a it's an extreme disservice to the Millennium Falcon. Like the the Falcon is it's not just a ship. The no. Falcon is like the DeLorean. It's like the General Lee. It embodies like, Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's a character in of itself. Mm-hmm. It's a character. I the see. Millennium Falcon is a character. The DeLorean is a character. The General Lee is a character. Kit, you know, all these like famous movie cars like they. When they're done right, they feel like they're just another part of the cast. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like they're just a way to get from point A to point B, like uh, an X-wing or a Y-wing would be, because it, you know it's the Millennium Falcon. It's the ship that made the Kessel Run, less than twelve parsecs, <laughs> you know. But it's just sitting on Jakku, and yeah. then Han just kind of stumbles upon it, like in his salvage ship, and Han went back to smuggling, like he was a general. In like the, the in the in, in the rebellion, and he's just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, uh, I failed at being a father, so I'm gonna go back and do this thing." Yeah, yep. It it just, it, it 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 baffles me and it boggles my mind. I feel like it's a, a bit of a disservice to Han Solo, but that's kind of how these movies tend to, to tend to go. Yeah, with some yeah. with these like soft reboots or like sequels later on you always find out there's always like some sort of bastardization that's been done to the original characters yeah like you know han just went back to being a you know a a scruffy looking nerf herder you know it's it's it, it it almost feels as i said like sacrilegious it almost feels sacrilegious mm-hmm. to dean you got any, you got any thoughts on that I've said I, I've said it before. I mean, do I hate what Han is in this movie? No. And I think Harrison Ford did a great job playing the character one final time. He actually didn't phone a role in like he's been doing for most of the last 10 years, you know, at that mm-hmm. point, 10 years, you know. Um, but, you know, in the in the original EU, you know, their son falls to the dark side. Jason Solo uh, becomes Darth Cadus, I think his name is. I can't mm-hmm. remember his, his name. Uh, I don't remember Han Solo just being like, well, I guess I'll go. Heard a noise, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just go back to nerf herding, woof milking, something like that, you know. <laughs> um, so I don't hate it, but I I, I don't love it either. And um I, you know, I've said this before, too. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, there's 30 years between movies mm-hmm. and we got like the tail end of this story. It's not like the original trilogy where like you can watch them on your own and go, OK, like I don't need to know more. You know what I mean? This trilogy, because they've carried over legacy actors and characters, mm-hmm. you're like, well, what? Like, like, why? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. I could, could be worse. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It could, right. been a lot, yeah. could, could be worse, John. Could be a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of worse, mm-hmm. let me just get to this real quick before we get you, to the rest, because this is a scene that could have been stricken out of the fucking movie and nothing would have changed in the narrative, the plot, anything. Mm-hmm. And it's where on Han's little freighter thing that he has now, uh, he gets a visit from the Guavian Death Gang and Conja Club. <laughs> and they're looking you to like get Conja some Club? Mo- and they're and they're looking to get some money. 
I guess that Han had screwed them out of or some deal they backed out of, which is typical Han. We know him mm. at this point. That's what he does. It, and I've, I, I told Dean this yesterday. This is my, this is my least favorite part of the movie mm. because it was shoehorned in for no other reason than to like pad the runtime. Mm. We mm. see none of these characters ever mm. again. They're never mentioned again throughout this trilogy. They're throwaway, a, like pointless, just yeah. a pointless fucking scene in general. Yeah, you know what? It, you know what it should have been was when Han, when Han and Chewie, you get the, you know, Chewie, we're home and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks for a few minutes, and he should have been like, "Come on, let's get out of here, get into Falcon." And while you're leaving this frigate, they show up on other ships, and they're like, "Oh, Han Solo," and then you get a cool like space battle chase, you know, and then you know, then Han Solo is like kind of showing up, Ray, like. Yeah, whatever. This is my fucking ship, you dumb yeah. bitch. Hey, kid, you know what I mean? How you do it. Yeah, they, that's how that's how they should have done. I don't care about Raptors. And is the scene terrible? No, not really. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it serves no purpose. It serves no purpose as to the fact that they could have put a Guavian Death Squad member in a six inch form and put it in a box and sell it to Toys R Us and it doesn't sell on the shelf. And that's why Toys R Us goes out of business. Yeah, <laughs> you could have just <laughs> along with him and this- him and Constable Zuvio. Yeah. Like you could have had a member of the Guavian Death Gang and a member of Conja Club inside the little bar thing on Tokadana. And then having with the Han, like Han, you owe us money. And then that's <laughs> when like the first order attacks and they and like Han just kills them. It's like, oh sorry. Yeah. You know, something yeah. like that would have been good, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> it just it was a, a throwaway, a dumb fucking scene. It did mm. nothing. No, nobody came out looking better nobody came out looking worse it was all done so people could look at it and go hey weren't those the guys from the raid who gives yeah, a pretty shit? much yeah gives a shit. It's your, a your movie, indonesian cult no film. <laughs> yeah the raid was done better when it was remade as dread mm. yeah pretty much yeah makes sense yeah so you know they they end up going on tokadana uh just as anywhere when you go to a swarthy CD bar. There's always someone who's in their diamond mount. Hey, the droid that the first order is looking for is here. And then mm. it's alert the resistance. The droid that they're looking for is here. Oh. Mm. Well, now we know why the resistance shows up. <laughs> now I, I like I like the Tokadana setting. Um, if if anybody it out looks there good, has, it, does yeah, look it looks really good. good. Yeah, it does. I like the castle. I like all the the flags and some of the Easter eggs up in there. We had like old pod racer flags and stuff like that from some of the old racers. It was it was really cool. Uh, and for some, if anybody's played the story mode of Battlefront Two that came out, um, it's 2018. I can't remember what year it came. 19. I don't remember. Um, they actually, you play as a bearded Han Solo shortly after Return of the Jedi at Maz Kanata's castle. So nice. exploring the castle itself was actually still pretty cool. So I like the setting of, of Maz's castle in Tokodana very much. Um, I just didn't really need to see another, effectively another... Um, another cantina scene. Cantina scene, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, th- throughout all of this, mm-hmm. uh, Ray stumbles because Ray hears something calling to her and I rolled my eyes <laughs> and she ends up down in the basement of Maz's castle. She opens up a chest because it's dangerous to go alone. So take this with you. Inside that chest is Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, mm-hmm. which also was the one that belonged to Anakin. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that was never explained and never will be explained. Uh-huh. It called to her. Which is where, and I question this all over the place. I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. what, like, what is this? What, why is this corner? We've never seen lightsabers do this mm-hmm. or like show any signs of this kind of nonsense. And immediately I get attacked online because I voiced an opinion about something that didn't make sense. Like, oh, well, well, kyber crystals are sentient. So they, so they knew who they were calling. I'm like, even if I'm going to accept your dumbass response about kyber crystals being <laughs> sentient. <laughs> why does the kyber crystal that belongs to the line of the skywalker family calling mm-hmm. somebody who is not a skywalker mm-hmm. at this point we're led to believe that she possibly is a skywalker mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. the lightsaber calling to her that's what i thought watching the movie i mean yeah, granted me if you watch all the way through to the end of the moot to the end yeah. of this trilogy she starts calling herself that right but mm-hmm. that'd be like if i start calling myself george d francesco just because i say that does not make it true right 
It could be true, though. Oh, it's definitely not. Look at this. This is a a full beard. This is called facial hair. I can grow this. Not the uh, the pizza sauce on Chris's chin. (laughs) Is it not Pepino's? I wish. <laughs> I'm not good okay. enough for that. Chris is eating a kiwi and get, and, uh, and, get, and get the fuzz from a kiwi on his face. <laughs> I eat the fuzz. Thank you very much. Yeah, I bet you do. The skin's good for you. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a myth that they told you. It, tastes, it feels a little funny in your tongue. but That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray is kidnapped by Kylo Ren mm. um, and taken to Starkiller Base. Mm. We finally get a meeting between two legacy characters and Leia and Han, and you know, it's your he's your father. You're his father. Yeah, Han. I hate to say it, this scene doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, same. It really, but, it really doesn't. Because because yeah. like Carrie Fisher's all like shuffling around like grandma, like you know, he's your father. You're his father, Han. He's got a hard candy in one pocket and cocaine in the actually, other. <laughs> actually, some of the some of the best scenes from this movie with her in it were deleted scenes. Uh, I believe it. They were pretty good. Like, I didn't like, know that. like Leia wit in them. You know what I mean? So it's a real shame. Um, so, yeah. But this, I mean, it's great to see him back together, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, listen, it's telegraphed from a mile away. If you, if you knew anything that, about Harrison Ford and Han Solo, there was no way Han Solo was surviving this fucking movie. No fucking <laughs> No so, fucking way. So the, that so I will say the whole time I'm watching this film in the theater, I'm going, just get to his death. Like it's <sighs> just like I just knew it was coming yep. from a mile away. I, I also I also had listened to a YouTube video six months prior to this coming out that literally uh broke down the entire plot. And that's a JJ Abrams movie for you. Probably sounds a lot better than what I'm doing. The JJ Abrams can't keep a he could, he couldn't keep a, a a submarine from sinking if he tried. There, you can't, there's nothing there. So all right, but. we're running out of time again. So I'm gonna skip the bullshit and just get mm-hmm. right to the crux of it. If you saw the end of A New Hope, that's what happens here. Pretty much <laughs> the the. <laughs> Death Killer Base is it has tracked the resistance to mm-hmm. their new hiding spot in the Elysian system. You might as well have called it the Moon of Yavin Four. No, it was the it was the uh, Hosnian Prime. Mm-hmm. No, Hosnian Prime is what gets destroyed by Star Killer Base. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. The, re- the resistance, the resistance yeah. base. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you said. I, I can said see. I, I can see where you would have gotten that confused because it wasn't called Alderaan. Yeah, like <laughs> okay, it might as well have been. I hate. I hate. I like the speech that he does on Star Killer Base, which for all you Star Wars nerds out there is Ilum. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that you can see the energy traveling through space is like break science. Yeah. Um, like it's light. Realistically, you really shouldn't be able to see it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean the, the Death Star blew a boulder on like that, so. Um, I don't know if you can hear my snapping, but uh, so that that it's just J.J. Abrams trying to make things look cool. Yeah, like, oh, Starkiller Base is so far bigger, away. Bigger how are we better. Gonna, how are we going to reach it? Yeah, this, it doesn't make this, any this sense. laser. Yeah. yeah so yeah. but anyway, I guess we should just we should just get to kind of the the climax of the movie, you know, post Han Solo dying and kind of just talk about the the lightsaber battle. I will say, I still don't like the fact that Ray knows how to do the Jedi mind trick with any that, training whatsoever. That, that is going to be in one of my uh, dislikes. <laughs> in one of my mm-hmm. one of my worst mm-hmm. worst scenes. I was going to get to that, but yes, we got we get a lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and Finn, and <clears throat> Finn gets wiped out easily. Do you know why? He's Not untrained. He's, yeah. untra- he's untrained. <laughs> Well, the, here's the thing is, here's the thing, though. He is trained. He is a stormtrooper, but he's so not he's trained been, with a, but He's not trained with a lightsaber, but he is trained in combat. Ray is not trained at all. Excuse me. She beat up two people uh, on Jakku. All right. <laughs> Retard. Wow. All right. <laughs> now, with that being said, I actually <laughs> I actually do like this lightsaber battle. 
Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty well directed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the acting is pretty good in it. It and seemed the, epic. The the I yeah the yeah. practical effects, the lights on their face. They used actual uh, not real lightsabers, but they they didn't. They what they did was to get that look how how the red and blue was bouncing off their faces. They actually um, instead of using like in the prequels, they had the lightsaber hill and then it was just like a stick. They actually used the light up lightsabers to get that effect uh, and then went in post and just digitally put the lightsaber blade on there. But the mm-hmm. light is actually real in their face. A lot I've of always, D batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always liked the lightsaber battle in this in this movie a lot. I think it's I think it's it's pretty good for, for a woman who's un, untrained and a guy who is bleeding out um, and unhinged. And probably a little undertrained himself, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, he's learned from Luke Skywalker, who's not exactly a blade master because he was also kind of undertrained. So it kind of, you know, I've, I've, I've always liked it. I've always liked it. I just don't like how she was easily able to come back. It's like, you, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Okay. Nope. Okay, then. <clears throat> that was after they did the uh, little tunnel run and blew up Starkiller mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. This time mm-hmm. around, another instead of a ventilation staff, instead of a ventilation shaft, it was a was an aug, an auxiliary. Eh, who gives a shit? Yeah, thermal oscillator. <laughs> thermal oscillator. Yeah, I like I liked your first response better. But. Yeah, so, you, know, better. you know, listen, Han Solo dies. Everybody gets back to the base. Leia and Chewbacca don't hug, which is my least favorite part of the movie, probably yeah, at all. These two just walk by and then like give him a fist bump. Yeah. Like, Hey, Ray, Ray goes job, to, shout out. <laughs> Ray goes to Octo. She gives she you know, her and Luke are looking at each other, and that's the end of the movie. Good cliffhanger, you know, great acting on the 32nd face of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um let's just cut to favorite, than the acting favorite. that some people did for two hours in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's just get to the least favorite scenes, favorite favorite scene and rating, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Cause I'm tired. <laughs> You're the guest. <clears throat> Um, favorite favorite scene. Favorite scene is the reintroduction of Han and, and Chewbacca on the Millennium Falcon. I mean mm. that when, like even now, I get goosebumps thinking about that scene because when that when I saw their faces, I heard Harrison Ford, you know, um, speak even for that first time. I'm just like, oh my god, like why am I feeling a certain way? Because I'm not really accustomed to this franchise, mm. but like it just it just hit me. Um, my least favorite scene was the scene we kind of just spoke about a little bit was the unexplained uh, lightsaber reacting to Ray. Mm. And I'm just like, like you said, I've even looked it up on, on the internet trying to figure out why that even happened. And you get 15 different explanations and no one has yet to explain to me exactly why this occurred. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give it out of 10? Um, so I have a flawed, again, like you guys know, I'm a, I have a flawed um, scoring on this because um, of, I guess, what the movie signified to me. So I give it, um, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Okay. Um, I wanted to say seven and a half, but I like rounding it out to eight. Mm. George, favorite and least favorite. You got two and a half minutes. Favorite scene, I got two favorite scenes. One okay. is the reintroduction of Han Solo and the Millennium yeah. Falcon, the, the war home. And second uh, is C-3PO just jumping up in, in between Luke and, or in between Han and Lego. Come at Captain Solo. It's me, you C-3PO. Not You're playing right recognize because of the red arm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dean and I use that literally all the time. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, least favorite scene? Shit. Half this fucking movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, no. Uh, least favorite scene? It's it, it's a lightsaber randomly calling to Ray. That's a question mm. for another time. That's never going to get answered. Along yeah. with her learning or doing the Jedi mind trick with zero fucking knowledge at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Poor yeah. Daniel Craig. Out of ten. Six hard six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my favorite scene is. Uh, I actually, I, I, I believe I, I did state, state it. It's uh, wife well, two. Um, I have the, I, I love the, the introduction to Ray in the movie, which is funny. She's a character I'm not a huge fan of, but I love her introduction in the Star Destroyer and all that stuff, that early stuff on Jakku with her. I think it's just it's well directed and stuff like that. 
Um, and it's the reintroduction to Han and Chewie. How, how could you not love uh, that scene? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my least favorite scene, truthfully, is that's a question for another time. <laughs> like it's just it's just dumb. It it's is. just a dumb scene. It serves no purpose. Uh, and I'm you know I've said it before. Uh, I think this movie is a seven out of ten, much like the Attack of the Clones, for different reasons. They're seven mm-hmm. out of tens for different reasons. So, um, yeah. That's the Force Awakens. We have less than a minute. Let's get the hell out of here, <laughs> Chris. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate um, it. I gotta check the. I gotta check the. My notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you? I have some movies that I think you're gonna want to come on for awesome. over the course of the, the year. Or so, yeah. Um, George. See you later. Yep. <laughs> That's Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Everybody, I hope you liked it. We kind of did. Kind of didn't. It's it's whatever. But, All right. I'm Dean Holtzapple. Still George Rogers. We'll see you in the multiverse. That's Chris. That's Chris.